What time is it? Would you happen to know what time it is? What time is it? You got the time? What time? What time? What time? What time is it? What time is it? Would you happen to know what time it is? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to It's Wellness Time podcast, the only podcast in the world that's guaranteed to make you more comfortable. As always, I'm your host, Nathan Ball, and our mission is to elevate your personal health and wellness while engaging the surrounding communities right here at Southern Indian Health Council. I'm sorry we went on such a podcast hiatus, but we are back to uploading once every two weeks. A new episode every other week is on its way, starting with this one that we have here today. I'm going to start this episode off with a question for everybody listening, and I want you guys to think of an answer in your head. The question is, when you hear the word quality, what comes to mind? Maybe something that lasts a long time, maybe something that works efficiently, maybe something that's dependable. These are all the things that I think of when I hear quality, but I'm sitting next to three individuals who might be able to better describe what quality means in the healthcare setting. And of course, I'm talking about those in our quality department here at SIHC. Rowan Seguir, Jeremy Star Mendoza, and Rosie Soto. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for having, having us. us. I appreciate you guys being so synchronized with the hellos. Um, I think all of you are new to the podcast, so everybody listening might not know you yet. So let's just introduce who you are, a little bit about yourself, and what you do here at Southern Indian Health Council. Yes. So uh, my name is Rowan. I've been at Southern Indian Health Council for about three years now in the quality department. Um, And pretty much what my role is primarily is um, just making sure the quality and patient safety um, is just at an all-time high standards, making sure that when we do have patients coming in, that they're getting that quality of care that they are expecting and that we're expecting to be giving. Um, So we are always striving for improvement. We're always striving for quality um, visits. And we always want to make sure that you're leaving us better than when you came in. Absolutely. Cool. And Jeremy Starr. Um, so I'm fairly new to this department. I am coming in as the quality measures data analyst. I'm basically in charge of making sure we uh, meet our clinical measures, uh, meet our care guidelines, that our patients are getting that care that we want to be able to provide at the highest quality. Awesome. And lastly, but not leastly, on my left, we have Miss Rosie Soto. Say what's up. What's up? I have been with SHC for the past 10 years. Um, I was a medical assistant for a while and then ventured into the IT department. And now I'm in quality. I am the clinical quality manager. I work side by side with Jeremy and Rowan. Um, our focus and our goal is to ensure that um, all of our patients receive the high quality of care that SIHC is here to offer to all of our patients and clients. Awesome. So when you guys hear the word quality, what comes to mind? Like, what does that word quality mean to you? Um, So for me, you know, when I first got into this role, I was thinking, oh, like, you know, quality department. I didn't really, I saw the job description, but, you know, you read the job description, it gives you a bunch of stuff, but you don't really know what quality is. Um, so probably at the time, quality was like, oh, they want to make sure the visits, the visit's good, or they want to make sure they had a good experience. Um, now that I'm in this role and I've been in this role for a while, um, it has like a whole new meaning. It's just not, you know, was the visit good? It's so much more than that. Some people think that your experience starts at the visit, but in reality, it starts way before you even get to the clinic. 
Um, so making sure our standard is set and making sure we have that quality work and work ethic and quality of our staff members providing that service. Mm-hmm. How about you, uh, Rosie? Uh, instead of a long explanation, like like Rowan, Rowan. provided <laughs> some some key words that you you know some things you think of with just the word quality in general. What does that pertain to? So for me, quality means that I am getting the overall great service that and standard and structuredized and important service that I'm here to get as a patient or a client. So I want to make sure if I was coming in as a patient that the quality of care is there and the quality of work. So quality to me means overall providing my needs. The full um, full circle. Yes, the full circle of my office visit. Awesome. You know, I don't have much of a background in the medical field. So when I think of quality, my, my background's in the fashion industry. So I think of things that you know, are durable or might um, be very uh, soft and like good fabric. Like those are the quality things that I have. So it's interesting hearing about quality here in this setting and how you guys are able to elevate that and and try to improve upon that for everybody who's coming in our doors every day. I should have picked a better shirt then. I don't know if you're going to be looking at it like that. Hold on. (laughs) It's a nice shirt. It's good. Thank you. Nothing wrong with it. And so not only am I learning about how quality operates in a healthcare setting in general, but also more specifically, there's a lot of things that um, I've been finding out that you guys have to be on top of. And a lot of them involve acronyms. And I don't know all the acronyms. And so I was hoping we could maybe break down some of those today and help me and maybe anybody else listening with some acronyms that um, can be a little confusing. Like the one that I was discussing with Rosie earlier was PRC. And um, I don't remember what that one stands for. Purchase Referred Care. Okay. Um, Others know that as contract health or contract care. Okay. And what is that? So Purchase Referred Care and Contract Care is um, another type of funding that's available for our consortium members um, that are being seen here at um, Southern Indian Health Council. Okay. Um, any other acronyms that you guys throw around on the day-to-day that are important? Yeah, I mean, PHI, patient health information, is a, something we use every single day. Um, HIPAA, making sure we're following HIPAA, health information, accountability, accountability acts as well are mm-hmm. acronyms definitely that we use every day in the quality department. A lot of that relating to like the information. Information that is shared. Right. So what would you say to patients who want to make sure that their information is being treated with respect and not going to people who shouldn't be accessing it? How do you guys make sure that their their information is being handled carefully? So we have you know, you know orientation, higher orientation. We bring on new you know uh, staff members. One of the things we talk about is HIPAA, and I always say HIPAA is our probably our most important asset here at SIHC because if we have people coming in and they don't feel that their information is secure, they're not going to come here. Um, and so when we are you know auditing, when we are discussing patient needs, patient care, um, we're always making sure PHI is kept confidential. We're making sure we're not. Speaking to pay, we're not speaking about patients using their names, but their MRN numbers, which are designed strictly for SIHC. Uh, that way, we are not having to use their names, and we're just identifying by that number, which is strictly just for SIHC. Got it. Are speaking in areas where others won't hear you when you're having to have that discussion. Mm-hmm. That is, our patient and client 
um, related. 100%. Yeah. One of the things that we do, um, and a lot of facilities do this as well, that probably a lot of our um, clients and patients don't realize is when we call patients, we ask them. One of the first things is what if you can confirm your date of birth. Um, and the reason we confirm their date of birth, their date of birth is because we want to ensure we're talking to the right person. Right. Um, and we're not providing that PHI to someone that we may not be able to. That's always been something curious to me. People always ask me my date of birth, like, you know, when I go to the hospital. And um, what if two people have the same date of birth? So when I call you, mm -hmm. I'm asking for your, I'm asking for you by your first and last name. Right. And so at that point, if it's your brother, you can say, oh, yeah, I'm Peter John. Mm -hmm. um, but then I will ask you your date of birth, and I hope your brother's not able to answer your date of birth um, quickly as you would, but um, that's a second identifier of mm -hmm. us ensuring we have that correct patient. Name and then date of birth. That date of birth, Okay, yeah. and uh, that's called a robust call, right? Um, so we ask the date of birth at any phone call that we should be okay. doing outside of SHC. So anytime we're calling a patient, we're asking them their date of birth to ensure that we have that correct person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but as you mentioned, the robust call, that is something that's done in our medical department. And so when they do the robust call, they are also asking that date of birth to ensure that mm -hmm. they have that right person. And um, I, I know that some people, including myself, when we get those calls, before an appointment, um, which are called robust calls, are, you know, I'm a little like unsure, like, why do I need to give you all this information? Aren't we going to do this tomorrow when I go in my appointment? So what is the purpose of those robust calls? It's to gather as much information possible the day before your appointment so we can better prepare for that appointment. Okay. Um, time. So there are specific questions that we have to ask that are quality measures as Jeremy here, Jeremy Starr is our quality measures data analyst. So there's a lot of times the information is needed um, to ensure we're getting those measures captured. But um, a lot of those questions are asked to better prepare for that visit. Mm -hmm. And what are some of those questions? Are, is it the same questions every time or does it depend on um, you know what they're going to be seen for? It's the same questions every time. Um, the initial question is, you know, are, what's your date of birth to ensure we have you know, that correct patient and we're protecting that PHI. Um, but the reason for visit. So the reason for visit is the initial start. A lot of times um, we have you scheduled for something else and that might change. So two weeks ago you had a cold and so you scheduled your appointment for an ongoing cough. Um, but now you were seen at the ER yesterday. So when they're asking you what's your reason for your visit, um, that might change. So at that point you can say, oh, and by the way, I was seen at the ER. Um, so they're getting down the reason for visit so that can better prepare for what we may need for tomorrow. Then they're asking you what pharmacy you use. So that way, when, if we're going to need to prescribe medications, that pharmacy is correct and updated and listed. Um, if you're allergic to any medications, we want to make sure that we're constantly updating that allergy list. Um, we also do a medication reconciliation. So we are going to ask you what medications you're taking if any have changed, this is the best time for you to update your medical assistant or your RN. Um, so that way we can update that record as well the next day when you come in. Got it. So you guys don't ask like, what's your favorite color or like favorite Disney movie? You guys don't ask that one anymore? No, that's during the visit. That's just during the <laughs> visit? We're not that fun. <laughs> um, well, th that's cool. I, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because then if you're coming in, to the appointment and they don't know any of that information, then they're going to have to ask that information at your appointment. 
And now everything in the actual, you know, takes time. Yeah. It's taking time away from you. One of the biggest questions that we do ask is if you've been seen by a specialist or an ER or been seen at the ER. And the reason for that is um, it's going to take us time to get those records. So those records may not be um, available now. And I know a lot of times they should be, but they're not. Um, so when they're not available, it gives us that time to request them. So they are available and ready for you when you're seeing your physician, your medical physician. Got it. Got it. Um, what other like systems you guys have in place where you're able to make things more efficient, whether that's for the patient or just for SIHC in general? I think something that we've put in place and we've really been pushing over the last year, year and a half of, uh, patient satisfaction surveys. Um, we have kiosks in each of our patient care areas. We also have QR codes. Um, the front desk, when you're checking out, are uh, asking the patients if they'd like to co- complete a survey and we'll pass you an iPad. Um, with those surveys, what we're pretty much looking at is they have um, abundance of questions specific to SIHC, but also each department individually. And with those questions, we're gathering data and we're collecting data to see where we can improve. Um, one of the questions on there, for example, is, your overall, the quality of medical care, or dental care, wherever it may be. Um, and so if we are, you know, those results are coming back and they're looking a little bit low or they're not where they should be, we now have a baseline of, okay, something here is not right. What can we do better to improve this process to make the experience, you know, better for everyone? Mm-hmm. With feedback like that, it's obviously better for people to give us those that negative feedback with room for improvement, right? We don't want them to keep it to themselves. No, 100%. Um, right now, uh, Rosie, uh, Jeremy Starr, and I were working on a survey uh, for the Meals on Wheels, and we're getting back responses. And then, you know, we're getting some good responses back, which is great, but we were just talking like, man, we need some we need some responses back that are going to help us improve. If, if everyone says we're doing great, then we're going to think we're doing great. But Mm -hmm. as we all know, in every job and everything, there's always room for improvement. So we definitely want that feedback. Um, No one takes it personally. It's all anonymous. We don't know who fills it out anyway. So um, we don't take it as negative feedback. We take it as room for improvement. Yeah. Don't be shy. You know, if if something's on your mind and you want us to know, that's what you know, these three people who are sitting at the table with me are for is to feel that, that, um, response from you and then we can do something about it right um one of the things too with the negative feedback um we are also available you know via phone um here in the quality department for those additional concerns that you may have you might you know not feel like a patient satisfaction survey is the way to handle you know that negative feedback but um the quality department's always available via phone um so we're available for patients clients to address their concerns are express gratitude as well for their um, care that they receive. So not mm-hmm. only negative feedback, we also like to hear that positive, you know, quality of care that was received as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely in anything that you do, you need feedback, whether you're playing sports or whether you have like, you're an artist. It's, you know, if you're the one controlling it and making it, you might be thinking you're doing good or you might be thinking you're doing bad and you need some other people's perspective so you can get a better idea of, of how things are actually going. Correct. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Starr, you mentioned that um, when I talked to you earlier that you like to challenge yourself, I, you know, yep. big part of your personality. So in what ways, whether that's 
within SIHC or maybe like a separate hobby or passion? How do you challenge yourself? So I challenge myself. I think that's more of a personal thing and that kind of just extends to my professional life as well. Um, I'm involved in several committees outside of SIHC to better help the communities that I serve, which is like the Filipino or Asian American communities. And it's a little bit out of my comfort zone. I am kind of like a extroverted introvert, I guess you would say. But um, can you define that for me? Because so I have no I'm idea. Very, what that means. you know, in certain settings, I'm very extroverted. Like if I want to be social, if I want to be able to talk to somebody and converse, then that's totally fine. But there are times when I'm very, very focused and driven and trying to get certain tasks done. So I'm more introverted in that manner. And you don't want Rowan to bother you. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? Don't come today. But um, no, yeah. So I challenge myself by stepping stepping out of my comfort zone, doing new ex- like challenging myself to try new experiences, and a lot of times that has always been a positive thing because I'm able to grow. I right. mean, we won't be able to evolve if we don't step out of our comfort zones. Right. So, what role do you play in those committees? So, in the committees, I am involved in the House of the Philippines uh, committee, and I'm also involved in a leadership committee committee for um, the Council of Philippine American Association. I do a lot of education for young Filipino Americans in teaching language. I do a lot of um, event plannings for the Filipino community to be able to represent our culture. Mm-hmm. So things like that. Do you think there's any like skill sets that you are developing in those committees that you're able to apply here at SIHC? Definitely. Um, a lot of the skill set that I'm learning currently is just um, leadership, you know, being a mentor, being um, somebody that advocates for those that um, that need services or that need that certain help to be able to have a better life for themselves. Mm-hmm. Definitely challenging yourself is important because if you're not, you're probably not only staying the same, but you're probably getting a little weaker in the mind and weaker in the body. So challenging yourself is definitely a necessity every day. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I feel like you, your guys' positions, all three of you, must be pretty challenging at times um, because a lot of the the weight of people's feedback does fall on you. What's the most challenging part of being in the quality department and how do you guys maneuver through that and turn it into a positive? Is dealing with Rowan one of them? <laughs> <laughs> It's can, re- can it be one of them? I'll remember that. I just kidding. <laughs> I, I think one of the most challenging things for me is that I am a very compassionate person. And unfortunately, sometimes in our roles, is it's uh, very black and white. Really? And it's, can we do this or can we not do this regarding policy-wise and procedure-wise? Um, and sometimes we cannot do as much as... Sometimes we cannot do what the patient or client wants us to do as much as we want to do that for them and as much as we want to be available and help. But some, but we have policies and procedures in place that limit us to what we can, you know, do. Um, I think that's a little bit challenging for me just because you're, you're, you're in this role, you're in healthcare, you want to try and help everyone you can. Um, unfortunately, there are policies and laws and regulations in place that won't, you know, let us do as much as, you know, we, we, might want to do yeah is a lot of those regulations like legal restrictions yeah legal restrictions stuff like that so um i think that to me is you i kind of had to get used to it you know starting you know now that i'm in the role you know i feel more comfortable but when i first 
started, it was really hard just because you want to try and help as everyone as much as you can. And I still do. But you just kind of got to be honest and transparent with, you know, the patient or the client you're trying to help and just tell them like, hey, you know what, like, I would love to help you. But unfortunately, I cannot do that because of this, this and this. And maybe there's another way to go about And maybe, you know, we can find other avenues. But right now, what you're asking, it's just it's not possible. Right. You just got to be honest. You know, I think at the beginning, I was very didn't know how to be honest and didn't know how to tell them bad news. So I was trying to dance around it. Uh, but, you know, you just got to, you know, mature and grow and be comfortable with, you know, letting them know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And educating them. That must know? that must be hard. Regarding a little more of like internal processes, I don't know if this is something that is useful for everybody, uh, in, including our patients or just those who work here at SIHC, but I've heard the term near misses before. And I just found that interesting. It's something I wanted to talk about. Um, to my understanding, a near miss would be like if somebody trips on a curb and um, they don't hurt themselves, but it's obvious that maybe that curb could hurt somebody else, that would be a near miss. Now, is that something that SIHC staff are to report only, or is that something that um, patients can also give feedback on? No, definitely patients as well, because a lot of the times, you know, they're the ones walking through that front door and they're sitting in that lobby. Um, so if there's anything out there that could possibly be a near miss, we need to know to eliminate it from the environment. Um, a lot of the times we want to take um, primitive, Rosie, help me with the word, Pre- primitive measures. Preventative. Preventative measures. Preventative. We Prevent- want to take pre- preventative <laughs> measures. You say what you want to take and I'll say preventative. You, no, you said primitive measures like you're going to get cavemen over here. So. <laughs> Pre- what's the V? Preventative. Okay, take two. So we want I'm to keeping take pre- all, I'm keeping all that. Preventative. We want to take measures to ensure <laughs> that we're eliminating possible, you know, outcomes that are going to have someone getting hurt, falling, and you know, we want to make sure we're taking those measures. You know, we're taking them very seriously, and right. eliminating them. Right. You don't want to wait for it to happen and then fix it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Preventative. Preventative. <laughs> That, Here, look, if I write it for you, you'll be able to say it. No, nah, that works out of my vocabulary. It's apparently. like you're you're preventing the incident. Prevent. It's preventative. Tative. Tative. You just add a tative at the end. We got to take preventative measures. Yeah. We did it. SIHC, it's all this time. People smarter every day. Okay. Well, that actually leads us perfectly into the next segment of today's show, which is a new segment on the show called Tell Me a Joke. This is where we go around the table. Everybody takes turns telling jokes. The cheesier and cornier the joke, the better. So make sure you sprinkle some extra cheese on top. And it has to be hilarious. So Rosie, go ahead and tell us a joke. Ready? So why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the other side. I'm so disappointed. That's crazy. <laughs> I had to go old school. That's crazy. I'm so <laughs> I don't know why I'm so upset right now about that joke. I'm over here laughing because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go to the joke when I was like four, four, um, knock, knock, who's there? Banana, banana who? What? <laughs> you, told, you, told, you said the banana who? <laughs> why? Yeah. You're supposed to tell me the joke. No, what? I'm not a big joke. <laughs> No, Rosie's that's my joke. At her own joke. This is a unique style of joke telling. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> oh, no, that's what's your joke? what's your joke, Rowan? 
what's what do an apple and and an orange have in common? They both can't drive. <laughs> that that checks out. It checks out. <laughs> tell okay. me, tell me, I'm wrong. I'll test that out later today, like but most likely that checks out. <laughs> Why did the chicken cross the road? Okay, well, so she's a chicken. Okay, what do you call a rooster staring at a pile of lettuce? Veggie. Hungry. A chicken sees a salad. Oh. <laughs> It was better than that. That was, that, was, that, was, that was the best one. That's the best one for sure. Yeah. Let's see if I can top that. Okay. 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 I like jokes about school supplies, but rulers is where I draw the line. <laughs> All right. Who won the joke contest today? Jeremy. Jeremy Starr. That's what I think as well. Good job, Jeremy. Chicken salad. Chicken Caesar salad. I want to recount. Chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> I want to recount. <laughs> I want to check the ballots. Yeah. I don't know. We'll check that. Um, this podcast episode, we're going to start winding down. We've been here a little bit. Everybody who's still listening, we appreciate you. Um, I want to just ask one more question and maybe all you guys can chime in individually. Out of everything that you do here for the quality at SIHC, what is your favorite part of being in your department and being able to work here in the organization as a whole? Um, for me, is a lot of the times we get clients that are calling us that are um, upset at regarding their visit and they look for us to, you know, try and help them and improve. Um, and so a lot of the times they get on the phone with us and, you know, they're upset. And when they get off the phone, they're thanking us for, you know, listening to them and helping them and making a difference. And that's what I like. I feel like I made a difference. I feel like this person was looking for help and I was able to help provide that. It's rewarding. It's rewarding yeah. for sure. Um, I guess that's probably the same thing, just kind of going off what Rawan said, just that improvement piece that we're able to make a difference for our patients and then just the organization itself, um, trying to make things better for all of us here at SIHC. Um, so that's my favorite piece as, as well as <clears throat> being able to work with Rawan and Rosie and kind of getting that knowledge and um, understanding my role a little bit better and how we can make things a lot better here. Yeah, if it wasn't for you guys, we'd be tripping all over the place. The ceiling would be falling on our heads. So <laughs> we need you guys. Rosie, anything else to add? So for me, my favorite part is that I'm involved with everyone being able to see what quality of care SHC is providing. Um, when there are barriers to our patients and clients getting that quality of care that we are available for them. Um, we are hearing what they didn't get out of that quality of care. Um, so that's my biggest thing and for me being here. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for talking. Um, I know it's been a while since we've uploaded a podcast. So thank you guys for being, um, you know, a good first episode for us to put back out there. We're going to start releasing episodes once every two weeks. So um, I believe it's going to be every Wednesday. So everybody who's listening, just follow us on all our social platforms the links will be down below but just search sihc on facebook and on instagram and um tune into the next one until then everybody have a great day and remember health is wealth and wellness is priceless catch you guys on the next one